Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to the new age, to the new age, welcome to the new age, to the new age. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, I'm radioactive, radioactive. You know, that has nothing to do with dragons, except for... It's by a band called... Imagine Dragons. And today, we are imagining just that. Roar. Welcome to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. How's it? I'm Jimmy Wong. I don't know why that happened, but it did. Yeah, I just let you run with it. I forgot what was happening. I blacked out for a second. And we're back. We're back. We're in the same clothes as last time because uh, we were recording this directly after. You'll notice that a lot, by the way. If you pay attention to the clothing we wear, you'll know when we record things on what days. Our clothing just happens to be a little bit special this time. We talked about it last episode, but if you're interested in a Game Nights t-shirt, those are going to be coming out very soon. Anyway. Very soon. Today we are talking about... The Ur-Dragon deck, the Draconic Domination deck, the five-color deck, which I had the pleasure of breaking down. So we're going to go through, and in our normal way, we're not going to do a fully tuned Ur-Dragon deck or anything like that. We're just talking about, if you buy the pre-con, how you can sort of quickly get it up to speed by changing out you know, somewhere around a dozen cards or so. Yep. But before we get into all that... The place that you can pick up all the cards we're about to talk about and also pick up the deck itself so that you can tune it is cardkingdom.com slash C17. If you use that affiliate link, you'll be supporting our show, you'll be helping us to make things like game nights, and you'll be getting magic cards that you already want. Yeah. So it's just why, a win-win. Why not? Why wouldn't you, know, you do that? <laughs> that's what I ask myself. In fact, I'm finishing the order right now. He's on literally on Cardkingdom ordering right yeah. now. And I'm actually buying this card called Teferi's Protection. Oh, yeah. Because it's pretty good, and it's from the C17 set. And I know for a fact, after choosing my shipping, that it's going to get to me in that amount of time or faster, which is the best part about Card Kingdom. They are very fast, especially with these new... I mean, a lot of people on eBay and stuff are going to be selling cards from the new sets. However, we will require them to buy the product, crack the packs, open the cards, and then send them out. Card Kingdom is a business. They are, they are made to do this, and they will. 
Uh, I will also say, and I'm not going to name names, but there are certain places where if you go and you buy cards, there's a pretty good chance that if those cards sort of spike in price between the time you pre-order them and the time they come out, that they'll like cancel your order or do some shady stuff. And yeah. Card Kingdom never, ever does that. You get the card for the price that you paid. They don't pull any of that shady crap. So yeah. that's another good reason to go to cardkingdom.com slash C17 right now and or pre-order your stuff because you're going to get it. Like magic, right when it comes out. Haha, like magic. Mm-hmm. Ultra Pros are other sponsor for the show. Always a big thanks to them. They're the ones that are helping us do the giveaways for our game nights. They're the ones helping us provide awesome products and awesome products to you, like these deck boxes that fit under cards. I mean, look, if, if you were ever like, man, I wish there was an exact commander deck box to fit my new commander, well, guess what? Ultra Pros got you covered. They have. They usually make product for every single set, and they have exclusive playmats coming out soon at HasCon for some of the new cards as well. They They're even this- getting into, like, you know, room decoration stuff with, like, this banner. Yeah. this Nickel Bolas has been hanging out behind us for quite a while now, so thank you, Ultra Pro. The third way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone, and we do this special thing where we call out one patron every single time. Josh has put the name on here. I do not know how to say. I know. So- so here it. we go. Uh, this episode is dedicated to Uriah mm-hmm. Beard. I don't know if I got the last name right, but it's definitely Uriah. Oh, maybe it's Beard. 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 Uriah. Uriah. You rock. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's Uriah because there's a uh, UFC fighter, an MMA fighter named Uriah. Oh, maybe it's him. Uh, his na- His last name is Faber, I think. I mean, look, he can't be revealing his identity <laughs> online, you know. <laughs> That's true. I'm pretty sure. Actually, uh, What's the name? Uh, Josh Barnett. That's an MMA player that definitely plays magic. It was on Spell Slingers. Yeah. And I go. saw him at Frankenstein once. Oh. Josh Barnett, not Uriah Faber. Beard. Beard. <laughs> anyway, Uriah. I already said you rock, but you still rock. Okay. On to <laughs> the main topic. Commander 2017 Dragons Precon deck. It is, what is it? Draconic, Draconic Domination. <laughs> definitely a big roar there. This is the Trogdor deck. Very excited. It's five yes. color. We are not going to be covering the mana base of this deck. Good point. Very important for the five-color deck, not so much for the other ones we've talked about, just because uh, the cards that we add and change would alter the mana base and all that. Uh, but it's not going to in a significant way. You could just do the 12-card out, 12-card in, and probably still work just as fine. You know what? That's a really good point. Let's pause and chat about that really quick, which is that people are always asking us about five-color mana bases, and we're con- we've been saying for three years, listen, tri-lands are fine, vivid lands are fine, you know, lifelands are fine. Yeah. Yes, it's great if you have old school dual lands and shock lands and fetch lands. You don't have to have that stuff. And you no, know no, what? No. I played this deck. Didn't it's fine. Once. Didn't stumble on mana. It's totally fine. It doesn't have any of that high end mana stuff. So you can definitely build those multicolor four and five color decks with tri lands and things. Will it be slightly less tuned than a fully tuned original dual land deck? Yes. But will it be like incredibly noticeable? No. When you're playing cards like the Air Dragon, you're going to be quite all right. Yeah, the other dragon's pretty good. Okay. Oh, man. Have you oh. watched Game Nights yet? If you guys haven't watched it yet, you need to watch it. Um, we're probably going to reference it a little, but we'll try not to spoil it. But I would just say to be safe, if you can, I would watch Game Nights before listening re- or watching you know any of these episodes. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. It's pretty sweet. Okay. So let's talk about the new legendaries. There's uh, five. That are in this deck. Yeah, there are five that come in this deck. There are two that cannot be used as a commander right out of the precon because... They are not five color. So, but they're in the deck, and we want to talk about them because you can build decks around them. Yeah. The one is not a dragon, and one is. Yeah, you want to go with yours? Okay, mine's not a dragon. It does say the word dragon in the text, though. So, it's Tigam Ojutai Master. It's two white blue for a 3 4 legendary creature, Human Monk. It says instant sorcery and dragon spells you control can't be countered by spells or abilities. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, if Tigam Ojutai Master attacked this turn, 
that spell gains rebound, and rebound is you exile the spell as it resolves. At the beginning of your next end step, you may cast that card from exile without paying its mana cost. So you kind of get two uses of a spell, yeah. provided that Tygam has attacked that turn. Uh, it's only an instant or sorcery. Um, and they're uncounterable. Um, th- you cast them, so they can count be countered. Nah, you may not cast- according to his text. Tygum oh, says no, oh no, yeah, no. you're right. Sorry, sorry. They're <laughs> uncounterable because of him. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, if he's still alive on the rebound. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is actually, I think this card as a deck is probably a good deck. Right. Um, Instants and sorceries matters. Dragons, not so much, unless yeah. you really want to go that route. It's probably not a dragon deck. You might have a couple of like key dragons in it. In terms of a blue-white control deck, though, just having the text, you cannot counter my instants or sorceries seems and pretty good. And I get to use good. them all twice? Yeah. Ugh. I mean, well, it's, it's pretty great. Presuming Tygam can attack. It means a 3-4. It's not the biggest body, but... I think you can get it through. Yeah. You can play a couple instances of sorceries that give it unblockable. What's that white card, that Reconnaissance? That yeah, there that. you go, Reconnaissance. There you go. Boom. Even just Maze of Ith or something. Maze of Ith. Yeah. All right. The next legendary creature that cannot be played as commander of this deck is a Jund Dragon. It's Wasitora, Nikoro Queen. Two black, red, and green for a 5-4 legendary creature. Cat Dragon. This is the Cat Dragon. Flying Trample. Flample. Whenever Wasitora deals combat damage to a player, that player sacrifices a creature. If that player can't, you create a 3-3 black, red, and green cat creature token with flying. It's not a cat dragon? It's a cat dragon creature okay. token, yeah. Okay. So uh, so Wasitora makes little cat dragons. Uh, it's really kind of cool. I like it. Um, the edict effect is nice, the fact that you make them sacrifice a creature, but if you can't, then you get the little cat dragon. I wish it weren't wasn't tied together, but... Yeah, it seems like a lot of, a lot of work you're jumping through, and it's unlikely to happen very many times in a game. Yeah. Um, it's okay. It's still an okay card, just for the sheer fact that we've never seen three three cat dragon creature tokens before. Okay, so I'm finding the cards are hard to pick up off this table. Okay, <laughs> I gotta use the old trick. Um, well, this is your favorite commander from the whole set, so I'll let yes. you read that one. Oh, well, I'll go. I have Okagachi, Vengeful Kami. Okagachi costs one and Wooberg, so one white, blue, black, red, and green, six mana total. Oof. For a six six legendary creature, Dragon Spirit has Flample, Flying and Trample. Whenever Okagachi deals combat damage to a player, if that player attacked you during his or her last turn, exile target non-land permanent that player controls. This this is a vengeful. Uh, this is a Very vengeful, vengeful dragon card. spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say about it. You could choose to run this as your commander because it is five color. Uh, boy, it's just limiting, right? Really hope they attacked you. Really hope they don't know who your commander is. <laughs> it's really. I mean, we could be under, underestimating this card because when you have it out, it may cause people to not attack you so that you can't do that. So politically, yeah. it may carry more weight than I'm thinking. But at the moment, it just seems like, uh, once once again, it's a lot of work and the effect is unpredictable to the point where when I want to destroy something, I want to be able to destroy it. Mm-hmm. So, so if somebody gets like one of those really powerful, like I don't know, doubling seasons out, Okagachi can only take care of it if they sort of let you. Right. So, eh. Yeah, I wish it wasn't, again, tied exactly to the other part of the text, but it is a cool card. I mean, I would love to see this on the battlefield or knowing that this can be cast and you have, like, a haste enabler in your deck or something. Yeah, because you could, you could get it out. But if it's your commander, they know it's there. Yeah. So, so I mean, maybe they just don't attack you. But here's the thing. Maybe this is a really good card in the late game when you have to, like, let's say you and two other players are left. People don't want to attack you knowing that you can cast Okagachi against them. That's interesting. It's really bad against well it's not really bad but it's just not great against decks that aren't attacking you though yeah so like, like Mizzix decks and Akusar you, decks yeah. that kind of and there's a lot of decks in the format that aren't winning through attacking so yeah exactly eh, I'm not high on it 
It could be a fun card to uh, steal, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your card may be one of the most powerful pure build arounds. If you built a brand new deck around it, it's it it's not probably for this deck, yeah. but it might be ultimately the most sort of combo-tastic or one of them of the whole set. It looks pretty crazy. It's yeah. Ramos, Dragon Engine. I just This card, by the way, I don't think I've seen a better-looking foil in it a looks long sweet. time. It's yeah. a robot dragon. Ugh, it's so good. <laughs> Let's just think about that. I'm just going to enjoy this for a second. They All can't right. see the foil. Yeah. Ah, oh, you can show it to them. You can if you go to cardkingdom.com slash c17 and pre-order the Ramos deck. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the Ur Dragon deck. Don't want to offend him. <laughs> So he's a six-mana colorless artifact creature dragon that's a 4-4 with flying. Whenever you cast a spell, put a plus-one, plus-one counter on Ramos for each of that spell's colors. And you can remove five plus-one, plus-one counters from Ramos to add white, white, blue, blue, black, black, red, red, green, green tier mana pool, also known as progenitus mana. And you can only activate this ability once each turn. So here's the thing. You have Okagachi in your deck. You have Ramos out. You play Ramos, and then you play Okagachi. He gets five plus and plus one counters on it. You can take those counters off immediately to ramp to ten mana in that turn. And then you can cast another spell to put more counters on Ramos, which is the crazy thing. You can't technically use Ramos again unless you have a way. And we talked about this in sort of one of the early episodes when this was leaked, I think. Yeah. Um, You'd have to blink Ramos or something. So if you had Dead Eye Navigator, you could per- blink him and then use the leftover man to cast. It's not too thing. hard to go yeah. infinite with Dead Eye or something. Hey, turns out, get. I mean, newsflash: Dead Eye Navigator, pretty good card. Pretty good card. Huh? Uh, but Ramos is one of those cards that as soon as you get around, and there's multiple ways that whole like can only use it once. Mm-hmm. Then you just all of a sudden see all these ways to just kind of go infinite because your base anything that the outcome is your up five mana yeah <laughs> it's like insane and other there are other ways to add plus and plus and carrots to ramos like we said before yep. um even just having like a doubling season in this deck wouldn't be the worst idea depending yep. on what you're doing yep. even just having hardened scales would fit in this deck i think uh, hardened scales really good yeah 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 because you, you cast a two mana spell you get three like it, i mean a two colors uh, i think ramos is going to be really good i do want to build that deck too and i know you want to so that's going to be one of the ones we talk about we'll, in the have, future. A, we'll have a ramos off a ramos off like yeah. we had a mizix off yeah and, and, and by that i mean we like, never play those decks again because no. we built them too good yeah <laughs> i might take my mizix deck apart because it actually requires too much mental power for me to it play it has a lot of, of my expensive cards like force of wills and stuff in it too yeah it's got yeah. this like my judge promo bribery in there yeah. i'm like oh i could just put that in another deck <laughs> uh okay and then the the headliner one of the headliners of the entire set, the Big Daddy Dragon, the Ur-Dragon, is the last legendary creature, and it's the one that's on the box. Ur-Dragon costs nine mana, so four and Wooburg, four white, blue, black, red, green. Nine For a 10-10 flying legendary creature dragon avatar. Oh. 10-10 flyer for nine mana. I don't know what the vanilla test says about that because nine mana is a lot. Um, has eminence, so this is the eminence commander. As long as the Ur-Dragon is in... The command zone or on the battlefield, other dragon spells you cast cost one less to cast. So you just kind of have an effect at all times that reduces the cost of all your dragons. Also says whenever one or more dragons you control attack, draw that many cards, then you may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. So if you attack with just the Earth Dragon, you'll draw a card and then put a permanent into play. Um it's Which any is good enough as it is. That's really good. But if you happen to have two or three dragons, you're going to attack, draw three cards, and then put a permanent on the, on the battlefield. So it counts oh. the amount of dragons you have attacking, and you draw that many cards. Incredibly powerful. Uh, I mean, it's a nine-mana card, so you can cast Tooth and Nail and Twine for nine mana. So you're going to expect to get a lot, a lot for of that. power, yeah. Um, but the, the Ur-Dragon, it delivers. I don't think it's progenitus powerful, which honestly costs yeah. one more mana. 
um, slightly harder to cast. But here's the thing about the Ur Dragon is that when we played it in game nights, and you'll see this, everyone was just like, I don't have an answer. If you don't have an answer, it's, it's ridiculous. And that's how they said it. <laughs> I don't have an answer. <laughs> but that's the thing is I think in a normal game, Ur Dragon is not as powerful because he can get removed by a lot of yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, just think of how many times in a game someone's played an Eldrazi or a Blightsteel Colossus, and it just doesn't end up doing anything because those are the types of things people save their answers for. Yeah, exactly. And the Ur Dragon is that. And it also runs into that problem of uh, commander attacks. Once it gets killed once or twice, it's costing 13 mana. Like, you're never casting it again. Yeah. So, well, there's a couple of interesting ways you yeah. could in your deck. But, yeah, it's just so hard to cast again. So the, the the card is incredibly powerful, and I think it's a lot more powerful within the environment with the other precons specifically than it is in a normal game of Commander. But yeah. um, okay, so those are the new legendaries. Now let's move on to our favorite category. It's stats. All right, we always start with card draw. There's about six to seven. Hey, um, all right. Harold's Horn is a card that I sort of earmarked here because I wasn't sure if I should count it as a full as a full card it draw spell. Does not count. Yeah, I think it's like half a card draw spell. So that's why. When we sort of say six to seven, that's because there's a card in there that we're not sure if it's a full card draw spell or half or what, yeah. or maybe one or two of those cards. Um, ramp, there's 13 ramp cards. So there's a ton of ramp. And as you would expect, because you have a nine mana commander, and that not just that, expect, yeah. dragons cost all six mana or so. Like, they just cost a lot of mana. Dragons are huge. Mm -hmm. So you just can't afford to not hit land drops and not be ramping. So that makes total sense. Board wipes, there's about five to six, um, and it's five to six because Silumgar, not the Dragon Lord, the other one, uh, Drifting Death, is like sort of a potential board wipe, but not a full board wipe. And then there's Fortunate Few, which was one of our preview mm -hmm. cards, which is, I don't want to count it as a full board wipe because people get to choose things, but it's in there, and so it sort of counts as one. Um, how many dragons are there in the deck? There's 29 dragons. Wow. So there's a lot. That That's a, a lot, lot of dragons. That's a lot of dragons. Yeah. yeah. You have a dragon deck. Mm -hmm. There's probably not 29 dragons in it. No. Yeah. I have like probably 20 dragons and 10 clones. Yeah. Yeah. Which may be a smart way to go and something to think about for this deck. Um, well, 15, as you know, are legendary, which is not a good way to go if you're going to make clones of stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. So 15 of the dragons are legendary, which which kind of matters for one of the cards we're going to talk about later. But just keep that number in mind. A lot are legendary. And a lot of dragons just in general are legendary. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I think you have to be a pretty crappy dragon to not have been a legend in your on your planet or planet. You know, yeah, you're just like a random four four. And yeah. you're like you look over and yeah. you just see someone. Which like, dragon is that? No, I don't know. Just, it's uh, just a just regular like one. one. Yeah, yeah it's I don't like, know his name. and then you look over and you see one commanding a huge yeah. army. It's like, oh man, that one's legendary. <laughs> uh, haste granters. I wanted to talk about this because that was one of the things I think the deck. You would assume a deck like this wants so many dragons yeah. are triggered when they either do combat damage or when they attack. There's only two haste granters in the deck, and you want more than that. Yeah, that's a situation where that's something we definitely were going to want to look at. So it's definitely the most powerful thing you had yeah. on the board at all times. Yeah, um, and then I wanted to just just for the sake of other other legendaries that are in the deck and seeing if you could maybe run them as commanders or even keep them in the deck at all. Um, multicolored spells. So Ramos wants to have you cast spells that cost different colors of mana. Um, there's only twenty. For Ramos, and then there's only nine spells that are multicolored with three plus colors. Uh, so it, yeah. if you were considering running Ramos as the commander, which I, I don't think probably you were, but if you were, this is the deck is not built for it. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely not. And then instants and sorceries, just because I was curious because I was like, well, do I keep Tygam in the deck or not? <laughs> there are only nine instants or sorceries on the deck. And three of those are board wipes, which would til- kill Tygam. Yeah. So there's really only six to give rebound to if Tygam attacks. Tygam attacks. Now, do you want all your dragons to be uncounterable? That's possible. I still don't think Tygam's probably worth it. I know it's being cut. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go into you know, just the categories, ramp and card draw. Ramp is super high. That makes sense, and I would keep it high. I would keep it higher than we normally do. We always say, like, oh, you want 10 ramp, 10 card draw. Unless yeah. you have a reason, then you can mess with those numbers. Well, I have a reason. I have a nine-costed commander. I want more ramp. Definitely want more ramp. And yeah. your commander has card draw built into it, so. Yep, so 13 Although, is a good amount of ramp. ramp. Yeah, the card draw still seems low, right? Because, like you said, oh, yeah, the Ur-Dragon has card draw, but it's at nine mana. <laughs> so I still want more than, you know, six yeah. or so card draw. So I would add a little bit of card draw. Not a ton. It's close. Mm-hmm. I would add three or four card draw spells just to make sure you get it. Board wipes and targeted removal. The board wipes will look pretty good. Yep. There's plenty. Um, maybe even a little high. The targeted removal actually looks kind of low. And... I'll say that when I was breaking down the target removal, a lot of it is sort of on dragons because dragons will have this thing like when it attacks, deal seven damage to yeah. the, the creature that the opponent controls. That's target removal, but it's conditional. You might not even be able to pull it off. It's not like I just cast this card and kill that thing. I have to do something else maybe or two things. Yeah. Untap with it, attack with it, deal combat damage sometimes. So I would like more stuff that can get rid of, reach out and get rid of pro- problematic things. And we're in five color. I have access to every single removal single target removal thing in the history of magic so you know there's probably some of that efficient stuff we want in this deck um all right so let's go into the best cards in the deck there is one card that is pretty clearly the single best card in the deck scion yeah yes and and it's probably because you could literally run this as the commander in the deck as well um this is not a reprint and honestly wait this is not a reprint honestly oh sorry this is not a new card this is a reprint. (laughs) um and honestly like Listen, it's no fun to be like play Scion of the Ur Dragon as your commander when you Ur get this Dragon? precon. Yeah. But you probably should if you really want to win that game. Yeah. It's so the card is Scion of the Ur Dragon. Go ahead and it's it's really good. Yeah, it's Ur Dragon Scion. It's the daddy and child are both here, father and son. Daughter, I don't know. Uh, so probably he, like grandchild or something. I think so. Yeah, he does like look pretty baby. I mean he's also a four four as opposed to a ten ten, so he's less than half the size of his of his I don't know what dad, mom, whatever. What is, I don't even know what scion. Yeah. Oh, there's Eldrazi scions. They're scions like are descendants. Yeah, spawns. All right. I all think right. scion technically means descendant. <laughs> we got there. Sure. So scion costs Wooburg, so just five mana, white, blue, black, red, green, for a 4 4 legendary dragon avatar with flying. Uh, you can pay two mana to search your library for a dragon permanent card and put it into your graveyard. If you do, scion becomes a copy of that card until end of turn, then shuffle your library. There's a ton of tricky things you can do with him here. It's instant speed. You can find any dragon and throw it into the bin and he becomes a copy of that card until end of turn. Yep. Now, remember, once he becomes a copy, he doesn't have the ability anymore to pay two and copy something else. Right. You but you can it. sort of stack triggers sometimes and do weird things, which people, some of those uh, little combos might be in the deck. Some aren't. You could build those in, of course. Again, because it can, can become any dragon you want at any time, it sort of toolboxes you. Yeah. Yeah. So... <coughs> I mean, honestly, you could run Scion as your commander, and the deck will probably be better, and you'll probably have a better chance of winning the game. I went with Ur Dragon because it's huge and it's cool, but, you know. Yeah. I also think it would have been weird if anyone didn't choose the main commander on the deck box. Yeah. Just for the sake of... For game know. nights, we kind of had to. Yeah. Yeah. I um, would not have... Also, if you pulled out Scion, I'd be like, mm, gosh, could you not? 
Yeah, it's just, <laughs> but I mean, if you like were playing with your friends, or maybe it's the second or third time you're playing the deck, I bet Scion's better. Yeah. I, I don't have any actual firsthand evidence that. Oh. That's perfect. I don't have any actual firsthand. <laughs> Hold I, mean, on. I, I mean, I, I don't hope, even know if we should keep that or not. I hope we keep it in there. But, Terry, it's up to you. It's <laughs> your discretion. Radio. Um, okay. I don't have any firsthand evidence. <laughs> now we have to keep it. This sucks. <laughs> this sucks. I'll give you sucks. one clean take, I promise. <laughs> I won't say anything. I'm just going to be listening intently. I don't trust you. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any firsthand evidence. That I can't do it. I can't do it. Just keep it. <laughs> Got him. Whatever. Cyan, run it. Don't Wh- run it. I don't who know. Who doesn't burp? Let's move past the best. the next best card in the deck. Is, oh, I'm uh, already disagreeing. I think there's a better card than all of these, and it's the the fourth one in this pile. Oh, it's this one. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's what I have down as the second one. There I we just go. Grabbed it. Yeah. I would argue that this. I mean, no, nah, you're right. Science is the best card in the deck. <laughs> but the second best card in the deck is Dragon Tempest. So it's one in a red for an enchantment. Whenever a creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, it gains haste until end of turn. So it's not even dragons, just creatures. Just with creatures flying, flying. Yeah. and it's that's one of the things we said that the deck was light on, and this is one of the haste cards, one of two in the deck. But it also says whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, it deals X damage to target creature or player where X is the number of dragons you control. This is just a win condition. Yeah. There's a lo- yeah, I've died to you to Dragon Tempest many times. Yeah. It's just one of those cards. And even when you don't go to the face and get in some sort of loop where you're just, you know, I do 60, I do 70, I do 82, mm-hmm. you die in the same turn, you still just like, oh, I kill that problematic thing, I kill that other thing. So it just keeps the board under control for you. And a lot of times dragon decks are behind because they don't do a lot of powerful stuff in turn until turn yeah. like six or seven. And Dragon Tem- Tempest comes out turn two and just makes all your later plays like twice as powerful so it's easier to catch it up. It is so cheap. And this is, again, the card you can play on turn eight and play everything else you need to. The third best card in the deck, according to Josh Lee, Burp Kwai over here, is <laughs> Crux of Fate. Three red, red, black, black, sorry. Three black, black for a sorcery. And you can choose one. Destroy all dragon creatures or destroy all non-dragon creatures. It's kind of cool. It's really good. Because usually one-sided board wipes cost a lot more. Yeah. Not this one. Five mana. Boom. Nobody else is going to have a dragon. Done. I can't wait for Ugin and Nicobolas to just have it out one more time. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's, that's what they're, yeah, they're oh, doing. That's sweet. It's those, the crux of fate. Yeah, it is. That is a crux. So that's a good card. Uh, and then one more really good card in the deck, I think, uh, is one of the new cards. It's Path of Ancestry. It's a land. comes into play tapped, but you can tap it to add a mana of any one color that's in your commander's color identity. So we're in a five-color deck. It's just, you know, so it's much better. five-color land yeah, that comes into play tapped. Fu- and I'd play that right there. Yeah, just that you would play. But it also says when that mana is spent to cast a creature spell that shares a creature type with your commander. So anytime you cast a dragon, you can scry one. Oh, sorry. You, anytime you cast a dragon and use the mana from Path of Ancestry. So the second dragon you cast wouldn't necessarily scry you one. But still, that's card advantage. That's a little bit of card draw. It's not like a full full drawing a card. But if you do that every turn, then I'd say it's sort of like every other turn drawing a card. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Being able to tap for five makes it so much better than having this in like a two-color deck, too. It's the same as a command tower if you just play it turn one and you didn't have a one drop. Oh, my gosh. But it's as if you scry one once in a while with it. It's very good. Uh the more colors your deck has, obviously. So yep. those are the best cards in the deck. We're absolutely keeping all those cards. The worst cards and cards we're probably taking out, and we've said this for every single one. I don't think we need to read them anymore. No. They're the curses. So we've They're going to pop up on screen right now, the three that are in this deck. Yeah, it's Opulence, Bounty, and Verbosity. 
there's one for each color. They're just they're just too narrow. They're too unpredictable. I don't think you should put any in your deck no, though. I don't like it. Another card that two players played in the last game of Game Nights and that did very little. Well, it actually did something for, for me, you, but I still yeah. don't think it's good in the deck. Mirror of the Four Bears. It's a two mana artifact. As it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. And you can pay one mana until end of turn, Mirror of the Four Bears becomes a copy of target creature you control of the chosen type, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. You do have 15 legendary cards in this deck, so this is not... So now, because you're thinking, and, and, and on the surface it seems great, right? Because dragons cost a lot of mana, and that's the type of creature that I want to copy for one mana until end of turn. Right. The problem is I've got 29 dragons, and 15 of them are legendary. So you have a 50% hit rate on your dragon cards. You basically have, have 14 cards that you really want to copy. Um, there's a few others. There's like Dragon Speaker Shaman and some stuff you could copy. I know, but I just think the hit rate is very You can't copy very Dragon small. Speaker Shaman because it's not a dragon. Oh, that's Unless a really choose, good point. Oh, that's yeah. a really good point. I was thinking of it like Mirage Mirror. That's a really good point because you have to choose dragon when it comes in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... You really want this in a deck where you have more generic stuff, less legendary stuff. This is not the deck for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that card still. Mirage Mirror, I think, in general, is just way better because it copies more stuff, even though it costs a little bit more mana. Uh, That's fine because yeah. you can copy artifacts and stuff with it. And lands, too, right? Uh, yeah, and lands. Yeah. Artifact, enchantment, creature, or land. Mirage Mirror. It's insane. It, it doesn't it, copy Planeswalkers probably because it, they would have zero loyalty and die. Yeah. If yeah. you want to have a better... <laughs> Mirror, you just could, go with Mirage Mirror. Yeah, or you know, you just don't need a mirror in this in this deck. Um, well, the this, last this one hurts. The, yeah, the last worst card in the deck. I'm sorry, it's one of our preview cards. It's Fortunate Few, but I got to be honest with you guys, this is one of the worst cards. Now, here's what Could I'm you thinking. Imagine playing this in this deck. It's the worst because. <laughs> so I'm gonna read it in case you didn't watch our our hot sauce episode. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you didn't watch it, you should go watch it just to see Jimmy in agony. Which I've is gotten more tweets about that episode than any other episode we've ever done, even more than Game Night. Swear to God, yeah, like, we got a lot of tweets about yeah. it because everyone can relate to that feeling really bad about spicy food. Not. not to that level, Ugh. but all right. Anyway, go watch the uh, preview card episode if you didn't see it. So, fortunate few is three white white for a sorcery. Choose a non-land permanent you don't control. Then each other player chooses a non-land permanent he or she doesn't control that hasn't been chosen this way. And then you destroy all other non-land permanents. So I play this. I choose a non-land permanent that I don't control. And then Jimmy and everybody haggles until they choose some stuff. And then basically like four things get saved and everything else goes away. Every other non-land permanent. Here's the thing. You're playing a dragon deck. Most of the time, you're going to have the single scariest thing out there. Like, no one's ever saving your thing. Yeah, no one's ever going to be like, oh, I'm going to choose the Ur-Dragon. Yeah. Unless it's like, if I save this, attack this person to kill them next turn kind of thing. Yeah, which is just not something you can count on. So I just think you want fortunate few when you're in a situation where you're going to have, like, a lot of little stuff maybe, and you're likely to keep some of it. I actually think you want fortunate few if you're in Zedru, and that's about it. Uh, something where other people have bad things you want them to keep because right. you've given it to them. Fortunate for you, just not a great card, unfortunately, and I would take it out. And you have plenty of board wipes, yeah. so you're good on that. Let's talk about some notable reprints, so a little bit of value. Sign of the Ur-Dragon we already touched on. Uh, then there's Scourge of Valkus. Yes, it's Dragon Tempest as well on the card. You've killed me with that like three or four times. The card's absurd. Scourge is so good. It's really hard to pass. you have that and Dragon Tempest, it's just like... Yeah. Yeah, that card is really good. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Utvar Hellkite is another one that was getting up there. There's quite a few sort of... There's quite a few dragons that are in the like two to three dollar range. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch. So, like I said in the cat episode, this might actually be total value the most. 
it's hard to tell. Vampires had some good value in there too. Wizards, I think these are all going to be just good value for you know the thirty-five, forty bucks. Yeah, and dragons historically have been. It's like the Charizard in Pokemon, right? Yeah. These have just been some of the favorite cards for players, Timmy, Johnny's, and Spikes, and Vorthosi players forever. So they're always going to have value to them just because they are giant flying creatures that beat face. So let's talk out of the box here. The strategy, pretty straightforward, right? You play big dragons, you swing, you profit. There's not enough multicolored stuff for Ramos. Okagachi just seems kind of worse than Ur Dragon. If you really want to be a little bit more spiky, and I wouldn't even call it spiky, but if you if you were worried about winning uh, right out off the bat with this, Sign of the Ur Dragon is probably better than Ur yeah. Dragon. But Ur Dragon is going to be more fun. It's new, it's big, it's flashy. Get it out there, swing with you it. You know a few how times. you can get the Ur Dragon out there? How by making it turn into Scion or Scion having turned that's true you turn the Scion into it and then <laughs> yeah. boom swing there you go see there you go you've been playing the Ur Dragon all along as you get the Ur Dragon but you get it on turn you know six yeah. plus you play something else that turn maybe turn five if you're lucky um, so the main issue with this deck is going to be card draw and then not folding to sort of board wipes and counter spells so mm -hmm. counter spells are going to be they're just really tough for decks that play really expensive things because the tempo hits so large you spend yeah. six mana they say spend two mana and stop it uh, that's always bad. And then I did find card draw was a problem. You got a lot of ramp, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I got a ton of mana. I'm down to one or two cards. That happened in game nights for sure, Yep. where there was a point where I had just played out my hand, and I'm just sitting there, and it's like, if you don't have Ur-Dragon out, and by the way, no <laughs> one's letting you keep Ur-Dragon for very long, so you just can't count on it swinging turn after turn. Yeah, they're literally trying to kill it as yeah. soon as it comes out. I mean, it's top priority for the entire table if it's out. There's almost nothing. Blightsteel Colossus would have to be out to, mm -hmm. to sort of supplant it as the top thread at the table. It so. can chip away a quarter of your life, and that is significant. If it hits somebody... You know, three times they're dead anyway from commander damage. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just brutal. It's brutal. Um, okay, cards to add. Again, we forgot to say this in the cat deck, but we're not gonna listen. Cyclonic Rift doesn't go in the cat it, deck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Phantom Blast, Snapcaster, the staple cards. Sure, put them in. We're not gonna talk about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, the the best dragons are our expensive cards. Mm -hmm. Like there's just not a lot of getting around that dragon as a tribe, like you said, because it's popular with a lot of different player types we love them yeah that makes the card demands go up so i'm i'm apologizing right now that some of these cards are gonna be a little bit spendy i tried to put some that are on the lower end of the budget range but i don't think dragons as a tribe to do budget that's fine but you're not far from it when you buy the pre-con in that case right. um okay give me haste or give me death that's mine that's the next category aha uh -huh. we want haste because I do not want to play my dragon and have to sit there crossing my fingers Waiting, until, yeah. until I get to my next turn to attack with it. Because dragons are just, they're going to draw hate. They're, people are going to want to kill it. Yeah. If I had a board wipe and you play the air dragon, I'm just slamming that thing on the board. Yeah. I don't care if it's a one for one. Yep. Right? Like, if that's just, the only way I can get rid of it, I'm getting rid of it. Yep. And that's the kind of response that's going to elicit. So you need to be able to at least swing with everything right away yep. to get value out of it when you play it. So the first one is not expensive, and it's in a lot of decks and pretty easy to get a hold of. It's Swiftfoot Boots. And yep. haste, and, oh, sorry, haste and hexproof. Yeah, hexproof is great. So it's an equipment that gives haste and hexproof. It's a lot like lightning greaves. Again, if you watch game nights, you saw that greaves was among the best cards you could probably get mm -hmm. early in that deck. Um, here's one that's your favorite, and again, you've killed me with it many times. Sneak attack, uh, and you wrote also because of Ur Dragon, which is great, right? Like you play Ur Dragon, and you need to swing with more things. You can sneak attack them on the battlefield, and they all draw you cards, so you don't actually care that they died. So sneak attack. Uh, we should read the card. Three in a red for an enchantment. Uh, you can pay red to put target creature card in your hand onto the battlefield. It gains haste, and then at sacrifice it at the end of turn. So 
that's very usu- notable. You're sacrificing, not exiling it. Yeah, that's usually a little bit tough depending on the deck because you you use a card in your hand, but you sacrifice it, mm-hmm. so you lose it. So it's just card disadvantage for short term game, which is usually damage. But with Ur Dragon. Every dragon you attack with draws, draws you a card, so they all replace themselves. So you can all of a sudden just go, you know, pay three red mana, drop three dragons out, swing with Ur Dragon. I mean, you're hoping you're drawing three dragons, but just drawing three cards yeah. is still pretty good. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I think, a very powerful play pattern. You, you probably just kill somebody when you do that, too, mm-hmm. based on the triggers mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, um, yeah, really good. Oh, I like this next one. This is in my dragon deck. Teamer Ascendancy. Yeah. So it Underplayed is, and underused card. This is sort of a Zendikar Resurgent type card, I think. Yeah, but way cheaper. It only costs blue, green, and red. So it's Teamer, obviously. And then it gives all your creatures haste. And it also says anytime you cast a creature that has four or more power, you draw a card. So I think it's whenever a creature enters the battlefield under control with four or more power. So what are we always talking about? Commander deck building template, that episode, right? We want overlap. Well, Teamer Ascendancy, here's a category we want. It's... I want to give my creatures haste. But I have another category that's in need. It's card draw. And so now this card goes into both. uh, (laughs) You're seeing the next card? No, no, no. I'm just forgetting that we didn't do the most obvious pun of the entire thing when we read this card name. What happened? Team Ur-Ascendancy. Ascendancy. <laughs> the Ur-Dragon. You have it everywhere else in here, and then the like, Team Ur-Ascendancy. So Team Ur-Ascendancy is ur mur 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 It's like, ah, oh, gosh, guys, come on. Team Ur-Ascendancy. Dang it, we failed. But yes, redundancy, I agree. Yeah, and, and overlap. So it's it's filling two roles. So good. Yeah. Um, this next card is just a really good card, so if you have these colors, you probably play it. But it's even better in decks that need haste and have really big things. So it's... <laughs> We, did, we have Maelstrom Wanderer. <laughs> yeah, this is actually... I, I didn't even think about this, but this is a really smart choice for this deck. Um, it's You're already ramping like crazy, right? Yeah. So I figure you, you can afford some big drops more than a normal deck could because you have 13 ramp cards. It's an 8-drop, 5-in teamer. Creatures you control have haste, and then Cascade, Cascade. So when you cast this spell, you start exiling cards from the top of your library until you exile an online card that costs less. And 8 mana is pretty good in the dragon deck because a lot of your dragons are 6 and 7. So you do that, and you do it again. So you might get two giant dragons out of this. I mean, you could get Okagachi, right? And it yeah, will have haste. Yeah, you can haste. get Ramos. You can get... Yeah, because of, Ur- or because of Maelstrom Water, whatever you get will have haste. Yeah, pretty Now, you can also obviously get like some of your mana rocks and stuff, so... It's not, but still, pretty good. Um, okay, the next section is called Erp Grade Your Dragons. <laughs> this we is are amazing. winning, by the way. I didn't <laughs> realize amazing. this. It's obs- I'm going through and putting as many Ur's as I can, and we are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. This is on the fly. So Erp Grade Your Dragons. Listen, we're not going to go through a ton because a lot of the great dragons are expensive, but yeah. there are a couple that I think you really, really want. And one is... <laughs> <laughs> Dragon, you have to say this one. Dragon Lord Dramoka. Dragon Lord Dramoka. Yeah. Died to it on game nights. Melissa de Tora. This is the type of effect decks like this really, really want. They're very scared of counter spells and people like playing tricky crap on their turn. Dragon Lord Dramoka, first of all, can't be countered. And second of all, says that is it that your opponents can't cast spells on your turn, or is it that your stuff can't be opponents can't cast spells. Sorry, I'm just going through, going through and putting Ur wherever I can in this outline. Patrons, you better download this one. You're going to love this one. This is my favorite, by the way. I can't wait to see this one. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> wait, hold on. There's okay, one wait. more. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right, Dragon Lord Jermoka. Uh, can't be countered. It's flying lifelink, but more importantly, your opponents can't cast spells during yeah. your turn. That's so it's Grand Abolisher. Yeah. But it's a dragon. It, it also can't be countered. So the fact that it can't be countered means that you play it, and they're just <sighs> they're just screwed. They've been holding up their counter spells and stuff. Yeah. And once it resolves, you're just you're having a heyday. You can do whatever you want in your turn. So that's a really good one. Um, the next one is Scourge of the, the Throne. throne. Wow, they really do all have Ur in them. Another card that I've killed a lot of people with. Yeah. Now, this is a four red red dragon that has Dethrone. So if it attacks the player with the most life or tied for it, you get to put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And if you attack for the first time with it each turn, if it's attacking the player with the most life or tied for the most life, so if it dethrones them, you get another combat phase after untapping all your attacking creatures. So pretty cool. It's a free second combat phase most of the time, right? Because you don't have to have all your things attack the player with the yeah. most life. Just one of them. Yep, just one of just them. Just the Scourge. Scourge. Scourge of the Throne. Yeah, it's a really good one, especially because you have so many on combat on dealing damage to players' effects. Yeah. All right, the next... It's called Interaction. The next... Um, <laughs> interaction. That's the next category. <laughs> <laughs> All right, interaction. So we were talking about how I'm in five color. I want to be able to reach out and get rid of problematic things. I have access to all the best stuff that does that. So utter end. And I just want urter end, but utter end is way better than urter end. I don't know how I missed that one. Oh, man, the next one doesn't have one, does no, it? No, we actually have two in a row that don't. But utter end, great card. Two, a white, and a black for an instant exile target, not land permanent. There's also anguished unmaking. You do lose a little life with that. But... Man, they've given Black White just some bombs in terms of great single removal cards. Um, it is target non-land permanent. Vindicate blows up something that is just a permanent, but it's at sorcery speed. Both these are instants, and they are very powerful and very good. Basically, if a deck has Black White, I'm putting in Utter and an Anguish and making, and often Vindicate. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a well, it's it's cheaper now than it was. It used to be a little more expensive. But the ability to literally get rid of. Anything that's problematic besides a land is just worth too much. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is kind of like Crux of Fate right? in this deck, I believe. Consume the Meek. So you're blowing up the Meek. And, you know, originally this was themed around the giant Eldrazi, but this time it's Dragon. So it's three black black for an instant yep. board wipe. Destroy each creature with converted mana cost three or less. They can't be regenerated. Yowza. Yeah, and you are you just have a lot of big stuff. So maybe you lose, you know, one, like, Dragon Speaker Shaman or something, but your dragons live, and you get rid of all the little stuff on the board, just clear it out. And yeah. because if it's an instant, you can sort of save yourself on those weird turns where somebody goes off with a bunch of tokens or whatever. Um, and then the last section is Protect, protect My, my Bird. bird. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So... It's All right, like well, I'll start with turd. one of my favorite cards, which is Swan Song. Oh, so good. I wouldn't advocate like going counterspell heavy. And again, you want your counterspells to be cheap, so you don't want cancel or stuff that costs. You don't want... Uh, That'll also strain your mana base having to do... Yeah, you don't want Cryptic Command. You don't want... Oh, God. What's one of those five minutes? You don't want like Desertion. It's just five mana, right? You're going to want to cast Dragons. As a result of casting Dragons, you're not going to have a lot of mana like sitting there untapped. Yeah. But Swan Song sits in that really nice spot. It's a cheap card. It counters most of the things you're scared of. You're not going to be too scared of creatures because your creatures are huge. Mm -hmm. You're scared of board wipes. You're scared of pinpoint removal stuff. Instant sorceries, enchantments are stuff you're not going to want to hit the board. That's what Swan Song counters. So Yeah, and it's one mana. And if you only play a couple counter spells in your deck, they are way effective because no one sees them coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They still have to play around 
as if you had them sometimes, but at the same time, you don't have them all the time, so they don't always know. It's it's right. just they're not like purposely running out something to try and bait it out of you. Yeah, and because it's one mana, they never know if you just only had a spell that cost six and you couldn't use the seventh mana or right. not. Um, and then this is gonna be a card I think we're gonna mention a lot. To and furries we already have protection. To furries protection. Oh, furries protection does not sound like a card Magic would print. To fairies protection is the actual card. Two in the white to just do, just give yourself temporary invincibility. Oh, and a rules change affects this card even oh, more. This is really interesting. Yeah, I forgot about this. Matt Tayback on Twitter uh, was sort of clarifying that as of the release of the Commander product, so that I believe that's um, the 25th mm -hmm. of August. Ha, it this really rules, is Christmas, isn't yeah, it? This rules change will... <laughs> that's a really good point. This rules change will go into effect, so phasing won't affect tokens anymore. Basically, phasings or tokens will phase out and come back in. So let's talk about it because I, I don't think we explained phasing very well, and we haven't talked about it for a few episodes. So Yeah. So Teferi's Protection reads, two in the white instant, until your next turn, your life total can't change, and you have protection from everything. <laughs> all permanents you control phase out and it says while they're phased out they're treated as though they don't exist they phase in before you untap during your next untap step and then you exile to various protection so, so normally when tokens phase out they they would be blinked out was they the used to yeah if they if a token phased out it would cease to exist just like it got exiled and was supposed to be returned gotcha but phasing doesn't actually um cause things to enter or leave the game so you don't mm -hmm. get enter the battlefield effects you don't get leave the battlefield effects it also, if it has phasing, it comes back in. What happens is it phases back in before your untap step. Then it untaps. You can still attack with it. Right. So it's a really, it's an old mechanic. It's a weird mechanic. They, but they are making it now so that tokens will work with phasing. You don't lose them, which makes this even better. <laughs> this card is nuts. But we don't have tokens really in this deck. I mean, you could var and such, uh, Wasator and a few other things. But yeah, the fact that you can protect all your stuff, so you're gonna be sort of overexposed often with a dragon deck where you sort of play Ur-Dragon and then you're like, oh God, I hope they, they don't kill all my stuff. You're just often going to be, because you leverage so much of your mana at sorcery speed. Yeah. And it's just going to be oftentimes like, man, if I could just survive a board wipe and get to my turn, I have a good chance of winning or doing something awesome Especially here. Especially when you're casting huge spells. Yeah. Yeah. So Teferi... The higher liability of a deck you have, the better this card is. Yep. And it's white, so token decks, I think, really... Like, Craig yep. Blanchett is going to just be so happy that this card exists. It kind of counters... You mean I get one more chance to kill you with Infect? Yep. It kind of counters board wipes Ugh. and targeted removal and such. And it, it, it counters everything killing you. Mm -hmm. Basically, basically everything. There's probably some ways around it. But most normal things can't touch you because your protection from everything, your life total can't change, all your stuff's gone. Yeah. And it's until your next turn. So it protects me from your turn, Craig's turn, you know... Megan and Maria's turn, it comes to my turn. Now I can do my thing because I get to untap or whatever. I mean, this card is just, like I said, I think it's going to be sort of, it's going to start to become ubiquitous, I think. Yeah. It's right. that good. Let's talk about what to take out of this deck. <laughs> We're not going to read all these cards, but we are going to read the names of them because, wow, there's yeah, a lot with this, her in them. I mean, maybe I'll save this one for the last. Okay. Yeah, so we have Tigam, Ojutai Master. Master. You don't just, Tigam just doesn't work in this deck. Yeah. You have all of the curses, the three of them. <laughs> you have Fortunate Few. <laughs> fractured, fractured Identity, which is one of the new cards. Croesus the Purger. <laughs> you have... Orator of Ojutai. Sun Scourge Regent. <laughs> Territorial Hellkite. How do all of these words have an O and an R? I guess you can do it if it's an A-R-O-R-U-R. You have a lot of choices, so but still. Yeah. 
Still. Uh, uh, Palace Siege doesn't no. w- fit with it. But take but, it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. The best one. <laughs> this is the king of the Urkarts. Yeah. Murr of the Fur Burrs. <laughs> <laughs> Mirror of the Fur Bears. Murr of the Fur Burrs. Murr of the Fur Burrs. Murr of the Fur Burrs. All of that list of what to take out will be in the show notes, and, as well as the list of what we think you should add in, just if you want to reference that stuff. So, all right, now it's time for to the listeners. To you guys. What do you think of the Dragon deck? What did we not talk about that you think we should have? What would you add to the deck or take out? Yeah, what dragons that are maybe not as expensive as some of the other ones that you would put in? Yeah. There are some expensive ones you might put in too. Uh, I didn't talk about like Zerlin and a few others that, Ooh, are, yeah, that yeah. are possibly good. So, That's cool. um, yeah, and all those dragons that you need to pick up to fill in and all this other stuff and Teferi's protection, <laughs> Teferi's protection, you can pick up at CardKingdom.com/slash/c17. You can pre-order all of the Commander 2017 stuff. It's really the best place to get it, and you're gonna get it super fast you know some other places you're going to order it and you're not going to get it until three or four days after it's come out and that is really frustrating i want you to have it in your hands as soon as it's possible yep that's how you do it the other sponsor for the show ultra pro again big thank you to ultra pro as always for being so generous with their time and i don't know if you know this but for game nights because we filmed it with the product much in advance ultra pro didn't actually have the the playmats for each of the commanders. Yeah, so they actually went in and special printed them for us, which is something that they totally did not have to do, by the way. They could easily have said, like, sorry, guys, it's just, you know. We don't have them. We don't have them. We don't, like, printing a single of a playmat in a a warehouse that's meant to produce thousands of these things is not an easy thing to do, and they did it. And, you know, ever since working with them, I've been very happy to discover that they're a great company filled with a lot of good people, and, of course, the products they make are getting better and better all the time. Yep, definitely buy some ultra pro product that helps us out as well yep all right now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic josh you directed the show recently that's true will it be out it should be coming out relatively soon okay so maybe within the next week maybe even i don't know when this episode we just recorded like six episodes in a row so i have no idea when this episode is actually coming out but <laughs> it's either coming out or it will soon come out or it already has come out but we Jimmy and I worked on a show. Uh, it's tied to your DXP show. Yes, it's tied to the block of content on Disney XD. That's every night from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. It's all video game related. And I tasked myself to do some of the marketing for the show, uh, for the block. And we made a gameplay show that is going to be airing on there. Yeah, it's called... Or on, online, sorry. Yeah, it's going to be airing online. We'll put the link in the show notes if it's out. If not, we'll, you can follow us on Twitter. We'll definitely be shouting that out. It's called Grand Champion. And we kind of got... Four of our friends, mm-hmm. and they're all playing a variety of different video games in sort of a tournament style. There's a point system over eight episodes to find out who is the best gamer among them. And if you like if you like game nights, you'll definitely like Grand Champion because we shot it in a style that was very similar to it. But the production value is a lot higher, and they're playing video games, different ones as well. Yeah. Uh, our friend Clint also knows Punisher is on there. Yep. Um, it's, well, he also used to play Magic back in the day too, actually. Yeah, he's one of the guys that started EDH with us. Yeah. So it's a really cool show. Hope you check it out. Hope you like it. Tell your friends about it. That is a good one. I'm glad you came up with that because I was, I was like, what Searching. the heck are we talking Searching. about? We're so far. We've, we've had to do five game nights in a row. Or sorry, five end steps in a row because of five podcasts in a row. This, this is the six. busiest month of my entire life, I'm pretty sure. It's pretty crazy. So <laughs> uh, We should also say game nights. The next game nights is going to be something else. We are uh, There's some exciting stuff going on. So Yeah. 
I'll yeah. just um, I'll do I'll give you a sneak peek as to what is going to be different for the next game nights. Uh, we're we're doing it in the junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> people people uh, that are just listening are like, what the? I don't know. I thought my noises were pretty good. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. You know, that else is pretty good. Go ahead. Our sister podcast is the Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman do an amazing <laughs> job talking about modern. They're always breaking down the pro tour. They're talking about PTQs, PPTQs. They're taking deck texts from listeners. They're talking about their own brews. Make sure you check them out at the MMCast. You can also find them right alongside us on our homepage at collected.company. Big thanks to Terry Robertson, who is our editor and edits every single episode of this podcast and has to be editing like a man on fire to keep up with the content that we are releasing this month for Commander 2017. Great job, Terry. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the animations that start and begin this podcast. Also did a lot of the graphical upgrades for the most recent most recent most recent episode of game nights you can find jeffrey at living cards mtg you can find all of our videos on youtube at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast i'm gonna have to stop you there our sister podcast is the masters of modern oh yeah we did. our we editor did for the show is terry robertson <laughs> and special thanks, thanks to jeffrey, jeffrey palmer, palmer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh, all boy. right everybody birdie Everybody. 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 All right, everybody. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Purse. (laughs) Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.